of Jesus. Praise God. Isn't that the truth in Jesus' name? You may be seated. The Lord bless you tonight. We are so, so honored tonight to have um, uh, Harmon with us tonight. He is going, in, going to be entering in the fall into your fourth year, right? Got that one right. Fourth year of Bible college. He's been going to Urshan College now for the past three years. And I have personally, I told somebody here just this past week, that I've personally seen some tremendous things that are starting to form in this young man's life, in Jesus' name. And so he's, um, um, at the special request of his mother, he has come back to join us this summer. He's going to be with us for the next couple of months, and we are just, again, very honored to have him. He's going to be uh, taking some various roles, getting roles and getting some experience. Tonight, we're going to have him come, and he's going to bring the word. So I'm excited tonight. I expect good things and great things, praise God, for somebody who yields himself to God. And so tonight, let's give it up for Brother Harmon as he comes, and let's let him have his way in Jesus' name. Why don't we offer that praise unto the Lord right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise your mighty name, Jesus. We exalt you. We magnify who you are, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done, God, and what you're about to do tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your mighty name, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm not going to be very long tonight. I want to share a little bit of what the Lord has laid on my heart. If you could turn with me to the book of Esther, chapter number 2. I'm going to be starting in verse number 5. Esther 2, verse number 5. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shemai, the, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jehoiakim, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. And the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her things of purification with such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to give in her, out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maidens unto the best place of the house of the women. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the woman's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. To give a little bit of a background of the story of this book, during this time, the children of Israel were just delivered from the captivity of Babylon and were now under the direction or I guess we're technically still captivity of, of the Persians under King Cyrus. Cyrus charged them and, in, and gave them permission to go back into their homeland. However, most of the Jews decided to stay where they were at because they became comfortable. We just read that Mordecai was taken from his, was taken from, taken into captivity. And around this time, 
that he and his people went under the direction of King Cyrus. The Bible says that Esther was a fair and beautiful woman among all of those who were among all the other women, so much so that the king saw her and only her. However, this was not of Esther's choosing. This was not her choice. She did not want to be with the king. However, circumstances have caused her to be able to have no choice but to become the king's new queen. Because when chapter earlier, Queen, queen Vasti disobeyed the king and she's been relinquished of her, of her queenly position. We read later, in a, few, in a few chapters later, that there's a guy named Haman. Many people would compare Haman to an ancient version of Hitler. Y'all think this is funny, but I mean that this is serious. Haman, this, prou- this proud, this prideful guy, he boasts himself up. He made a decree that anybody that walked past him, that they would bow to him. But we read just like a, a, a chapter later in chapter 3 that when he walked by Mordecai, Mordecai refused to bow to him. And then there was something in him that just grabbed a hold of him. Like this anger, this pride, this hatred towards Mordecai. And because of his own pride, he, can, he said to himself that because of Mordecai, because Mordecai did not bow to him, he would kill off all of the Jews. So what Haman did was that he went to the king. And he came up with a story to convince the king to allow him for the, to make preparations to be able to exterminate the Jews. And the king gave him permission. When Mordecai heard of this, he did what every other Jew would do in a time of distress. That he would remove like, his garments and he would put on like a sackcloth. And he would weep. He would weep bitterly because he heard this news that his people were going to be annihilated by this wicked man. And he didn't know what to do. He and Esther would meet up. And Esther didn't know what to do. She was confused especially as someone as young as she was. She didn't know why this was happening. She didn't know why this circumstance had to happen. I can almost imagine her that she was discouraged, that she was just heart, heartbroken. She didn't know what to do. I would imagine that she would even like, like question God, like, God, why is this happening? First, I'm taking, my people are taken out of their home country, being enslaved by one, per, by one nation and then enslaved by another. And now here I am being a queen against my own will. And now I'm learning that my people are about to be killed because of some prideful, arrogant person. God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this to happen? I can imagine the discouragement that Esther and Mordecai faced that day. I can imagine in the book of Matthew in chapter 11 when John the Baptist was in prison. I can imagine the discouragement that he faced. 
This man was the forerunner of Christ, whom Christ even said in that same chapter that he was the greatest among the prophets. And yet, he was in prison for trying to preach Jesus. And so he sends his messengers to Jesus, and he asks him, are you the one that we've been searching for, or were you looking for another? Are you the same person that has been prophesied that hundreds of years ago? Are you really who you say you are? Are you really the Messiah? John was doing what he was told to do. John did what he was called to do, and that ended up leading him into prison. And he didn't know why. He was doing what God commanded him to do, and he ended up in prison and ultimately executed. There are times in our life where we face battles, we face struggles, circumstances that lead to the position that we are at now, and we don't understand why. We may not understand why we lost a family member. We may not understand why our children may have backslidden. We may not understand why we're struggling financially despite working so hard. We may not even understand why we may be fa facing like internal problems. Why we may be facing depression, anxiety. We may not understand why we have to face the mental battles that we have to face on a daily basis. I've met many people in my time at Urshan and all of their testimonies have touched me deeply. I've met many people who have suffered abuse, who come from broken homes, where their parents neglected them, where they had to fend for themselves, and they don't understand why. They didn't understand why they had to face something at such a young age, why they had to deal with the problems at such a young age that they shouldn't even be dealing with. Joseph, in the book of Genesis, he didn't understand why he had to be thrown into a pit. All he did was just share a dream that God showed him. And yet he was mocked, he was ridiculed by his own brothers, and he only was thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. He didn't understand why he had to, be, he had to work his way up and then be brought back down and being thrown into prison. Because the, because the women of the household, one of, one of the women of the household, Potiphar's wife, tried to seduce him, and he would not have any of it. All he did was, was try to protect himself. And what did it cost him? He got thrown into prison. Because she fabricated some lie. And he was thrown into prison for it. I can imagine that he was also discouraged, that he didn't understand why he was facing this situation. That it almost felt like there might have not been a way out. But can I tell you tonight that God is still in the business of doing miracles? That God is still willing to have your, his hand upon you and be able to work in your life. During our corral, during uh, United's corral tour just a uh, few weeks ago, 
we were down in the Pente- uh, in Texas at the Pentecostals of Katy. There was a kid who came in a wheelchair. I don't know the story. I don't know how we ended up in the situation, but I would imagine that this kid was discouraged for a while. But that same night, that kid walked right out without the need of a wheelchair. That God miraculously healed his legs, and he was able to walk again. He may have been discouraged for that time, but God began to make a miracle in his life, and he began to have his hand upon him. That kid was miraculously healed. Can I tell you tonight that even though that you may be facing battles, that even though you may not understand why the situations have come up to this moment, just know that God is still in the business of doing miracles. That even though they may not be in church now, your children are still going to come back. Even though they not be in church now, that co-worker that you've been witnessing to is going to come and he is going to be filled in Jesus' name. You may not be able to... Go financially right now. You may be struggling financially, but I know for a fact that there's a God who is able to provide financially. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I faced a lot of disappointment in my life. 2019 was my first year at Urshan College. And not even a month in. I received news from pastor that my father passed away from a heart attack in the middle of a gas station during his job. And I was so heartbroken because it was my first year at Hershey. I wasn't even a month in, and I lost my dad. Many of you have heard the story, but I feel impressed upon the Lord to share it again. He, when I heard the news of the loss of my father, I was distraught. I was broken. I was distressed. I, was, I didn't know what to do. And I ask God, why? It's only my first year here, and I'm already having to deal with the loss of a family member. God, why'd you have to put me in this situation? Why'd you have to allow me to go through this? Why am I dealing with this situation? For a lot of my life, I've dealt with depression and anxiety. And for a while, I've been delivered from that. But when I learned that my, the loss of my father, I felt all of those emotions come back upon me. And for the last few years of my time at Earth, I had to deal with that over and over again. There were days that were better, but ultimately, I would have to deal with those situations. But it wasn't until this last past live recording, when we were performing for, the, for our album, There was this song called Only Name, and it talks about how that we've allowed idols into our life, and we need to set those aside because God is the only name that lasts forever. I allowed my pain and I allowed my suffering to become an idol in my life. That I would use that as an excuse. And during the rehearsal for that song, I just felt this peace. I felt a healing in my heart. Although I felt that heaviness of that depression, I felt the heaviness of that anxiety leave me in that moment. You may be going through something right now. I'm not entirely sure what it could be. But I know that there is a God who is still here, who is always going to be with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. That if you are dealing with brokenness right now, that God is able to mend your broken heart. If you have dealt with trauma for years, I know a God that can heal you of your trauma. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I wonder if we can lift our hands across this place right now. I believe that God is about to heal someone tonight. 
I'm believing that God is about to work in someone's life tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Lift up your hands, lift up your voices. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I speak healing across this place in the name of Jesus. I speak against disappointment, God. I speak against frustration. I speak against depression and anxiety. I speak against suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I lose your freedom in this place, God. I lose your healing across this place in the name of Jesus. For some of you, it may have been a while since the last time that you raised up your voice. It may have been a long time since you last spoke in tongues. But if you just lift up your voice tonight, that God is about to heal you. That God is about to mend your broken spirit tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I have to share for tonight. But if we could just keep that spirit of worship, if we could just continue to just be sensitive to what God has wanted to do tonight, that I'm believing that someone tonight is going to be healed, that someone is going to receive that promise that God, someone's going to be reminded of the promise that God has made them. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. What a wonderful, wonderful message tonight in Jesus' name. Tremendous. And he's spot on, folks. This is the, the will of God tonight is to heal. He wants to heal. You know, in the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah, this is where Jesus quoted from that when he first came to the synagogue that day. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and that type of thing. But in verse number 3 of the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah, I want you to see something here. And this is what I feel like God wants to heal tonight in this place. Across the board. Across the board, in Jesus' name. It says, and to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. See, Jesus said, he knew that we were going to mourn. He said, blessed are they that mourn. What does it say there in the fifth chapter of, of Matthew? For they shall be comforted. Now, I'm telling you here tonight, the Spirit of the Lord is here to comfort. Amen. He might not take you completely out of your, your situation, but he's here to comfort you and to give you strength. Because the Bible says to give unto them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what God wants to help us with tonight, the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness is just simply something that comes upon us that makes us weak, that makes us doubt, unbelief, and all of that type of business. And God is in this place for you tonight, not only to comfort you, but to heal you from the spirit of heaviness and to give you the garment of praise back. Praise God. Sister, Sister Acacia was spot on, praise God. That's why I wanted her to talk about that, praise God. Our cure is here, and that is to worship and to give God praise and to lift him up in the name of Jesus. Now, tonight, I believe that, that that is going to happen in the name of Jesus. I'm going to invite our singers to come back, and we're just going to take a few minutes here, and we're going to begin to sing, we're going to begin to praise, and as you feel led of the Lord, how you feel like the Lord wants to take care of this situation, I'm going to tell you something. Tonight is your night. 
you can be cured. You can be healed in the name of Jesus. And that doesn't mean you're never going to have any more problems. It just means that you can come into the master's uh, domain tonight. And God can give you that. He can give you that praise in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. You want? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Awesome. Praise God. That's good. I don't have to play. In Jesus' name. I can help somebody pray. Come on. Come on. Somebody want to come? You want to get healed? You want to get comforted? Come on. Tonight's your night in the name of Jesus. I believe the oil of gladness is here in the name of Jesus. Come on. Let's, let's trust the Lord. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? 